Welcome. You're tuned into the Living in Rhythm podcast where we wax philosophy and experience in the art and science of living in rhythm. I'm Sister Sunday and I came here to let my soul shine. It's a lifestyle, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, big things happening for sure. We're heading into the fullness. We got a full moon on the rise and uh, we're going to be heading into the late degrees, the finishing touches of the airy season. We also have the moon going into Libra. That's the full moon. And there's going to be some interesting aspects to that, actually. So that'll be fun to talk about today. We also have Taurus going, the sun heading into Taurus, which that's going to be a change. So that officially takes place on Tuesday. We'll talk a little bit about that. And then for now, we still have the Neptune and Jupiter experience, that reunion happening. It's kind of doing its finishing touches as well. And then we got a little uh, connection into the Mercury and Uranus coming together in Taurus. So that's kind of a new energy that we can talk about this week. And then finally, I just want to get a little bit more into the uh, resonant, aka resident frequency. So that's the fullness. Yeah, here's the breakdown. All right, so I'm going to break it down a little bit. Let's tune in before we get cosmic because it's always helpful to ground the energy. So just take a moment wherever you are and find your seat or your feet, right? You just want to ground into the present moment, into the earth, and just feel that that anchoring into the earth. And then allow your breath to come in and out. Just start to invite the breath in and see if you can't fill up your space bubble, this auric field we've been talking about. So with the use of the breath, you can really start to fill up the space that is to the right of you, to the left of you, to the front and the back of you, above you, and below you, and then all the diagonals in between, just fortify and amplify the field that surrounds you. And your own timing is the best timing. Remember that. And then you want to take, if you, I always like to take my hands to my heart. It's up to you, but just to take a moment to tune into your own heartbeat. Really feel that pulse and its own timing. And let that pulse ripple into the field. Just let it spread out all around you. And this is the art. We really wanna try to tune in, get centered and grounded, and then allow our vibrational frequency, our resonant frequency, our heartbeat, our rhythm, our timing to really pulsate and amplify in the space. And when we're centered and we're radiant, that's a really healing thing. It's like a contribution, you know, your vibration is a contribution. So that's my, that's the way I look at it. And so this is something I really practice on it. I mean, I practice this throughout the day, all day. Like I say, every week you can just drop in 
it takes but a moment to tune in. So practice that becoming aware of your center of gravity and then amplifying that field that surrounds it. Cool. Okay. And so this week, the solar cycle is in its final phase of Aries. And we kind of talked about this last week, but it's just interesting. Again, there's always a beginning, a middle and an end of the cycles. It sounds simple, but when you start to look at it in its varying angles, it's such a, it's so deep y'all. It's so deep. And so, um, we're in this final phase of Aries, which represents the beginning of spring in the Northern hemisphere, the beginning of autumn in the, in the Southern hemisphere. And so it's that beginning phase that we hit from the equinox that started at the equinox, equal day, equal night. And then it's been gradually moving through the first phase of spring up here, which is airy season. And I've talked so much about it. It's this spark of life. It's this willpower. It's this drive and assertion and instinct that comes from our, our wanting to express and be. And so it's really, really beautiful. I hope that you've, you've like, it's actually really powerful and it can be aggro too. the, the Aries is a head budding Ram, you know? And so it's head first, but I feel like if you're tuned in, you can really start to ride the waves and in, in the Aries energy and have it be more of like, it's a kickstart, you know, it's like a turbo charge into the season or the astrological year. Right. So Right now in the last degrees, every sign has a degree starting at zero to 29 degrees. That's the way that the Zodiac is laid out zero to 29 degrees. And we're at at the time I'm recording or at the time of the full moon, the sun is going to be at 26 degrees Aries. And so that's just a few more degrees to go. It's really on the finishing touches. And so with that, it's like a graduation of Aries. And so I always like towards the final phase of things, I take stock. It's like, okay, what have I learned? Final, final exam season in a way where it's like, can I start to really get that balance in, in what I learned and starting to synthesize it really starting to use it. And so it's going to be fun because it's like this head first, almost like we're not even really thinking about it. We're just experiencing it. And as we transition into this Taurus energy, which I'll talk about in a little bit, there's a lot of more of an experiential effect. The Taurus has more of experiential. The Aries is more instinctual. And so before this sun, you know, before the sun transitions into Taurus, it's going to oppose the moon. When the sun and the moon are opposing one another, that is a full moon. And if you think about it in a cosmic astronomical level, if you just looked at the solar system, this is a view of the, the earth being between the sun and the moon. And so you have the sun on one side, of earth and the moon on the other, and that makes a full illumination. And so we've been talking about the waxing phase of the moon and how, as it, as the light comes, as it starts to angle to opposite the sun, the light comes back, it goes through it from the dark moon to the crescent, to the half, to the gibbous, and then the full and the full moon is this peak energy. It's full illumination. And I feel like Like, you know, this is the thing about full moon. Some 
the, the full moon is so bright that it brings light into the darkness. It glows. Like it's one of my favorite things of like, I've talked about this on the last full moon, but there's nothing cooler than a full moon glowing on the snow. Oh my gosh. You know, we have a little bit of snow up here still, but it's, it's really this, this beautiful full illumination, but it can also be kind of like restless because it's, there's light, you know, there's light and there's full energy. And if you live by the ocean then the tides are higher at the full moon, you know I mean? It is, a, it's higher energy. And if you start to recognize that the, the tides of the moon or the tides of the ocean are really reflective of the tides in a human body, like we have the, we're made of water, mostly like 72% water. I think that's the per, the percentage, but we're made of so much water. Like that's the base of our structure as a human, as human beings. And you can, that, that tide, that ebbing and flowing, the waxing and waning does have an effect on our systems. And so again, if you're tuning in, if you're living in rhythm, then you can catch the wave and really ride that. And so at a full moon, it's peak illumination. It's an opposition. And it's really interesting because if you have an opposition, this word opposition in a chart, it's, um, it can like, it can, it's a red line on the chart. And so it can get a little freaky. People get a little anxious around oppositions, but if you really see the oppositions as actually a full moon, then it's not as scary. A full moon gives you light and the darkness so you can see what you're doing. And so it's a, it's a time to take stock. It's a time to really again, kind of like a completion of a cycle of the, of the final degrees, the more you, we start to learn how to use the full moon to, you know, allow things to grow and then see through that illumination, allow things to shed too. Anytime we get light on shed light on things, we can, we get choices. And so we can, the choice is a powerful thing. Like our, and it goes back to the Aries thing. It's like my willpower, my own will to choose. And, you know, everybody's choices are so personal. And I mean, we won't open that can of worms. However, you get, you guys know what I'm talking about. It's this vibe of like really being able to observe what you have, what's in front of you or what's around you and see what's most meaningful in order to move forward that's best for you. So use the full moon energy in that way. Okay. The other thing I want to say, so that's just the, like the celestial bodies of the full moon, but then we layer in the aspects of the, of the Zodiac, the signs that the moon and the sun are transiting through. So it's really cool if you can to learn the Zodiac, like level one, if you're into it, learn the Zodiac and how you do it. Like we're actually going to learn it through this podcast. Cause I'm going to talk about this. I'm just going to talk about the cycles and the seasons. And it's cool because then you can tune in and you can t- make your own observations and correlations around like, what's, what's your, what's it mean to you, you know? And I got my understanding and my connection that comes from my perspective and every single human being's got in their own perspective because we're all coming from different places, spaces in time. It's so cool. So the, the astrological aspects of a full moon is that when you're anytime you're in the season, so like the sun is in, we're in airy season. And so when the moon is full during airy season, it's always going to be the opposite sign in the Zodiac. And it's cool to learn as you learn the Zodiac. So if you learn the Zodiac level one, level two is to learn the opposites. 
And I see, I talked about this last week because if you think about the beginning of, you know, last week I was talking about the cardinal signs and how the beginning of every season is a cardinal sign. So Aries is a cardinal sign. Cancer is a cardinal sign. The beginning of summer, the beginning of fall is Libra and the beginning of winter is Capricorn. So all four of those signs are cardinals. Now, right now we have the sun in Aries, which means that the opposite sign, the beginning of fall is Libra. So we, we can just know that like every time Aries is the sun and it's a full moon, that Libra will be that sign that the full moon lands in. So cool. And then, okay. So there's also a square. So you can see like those two make a, those two make an opposition, but if we go to the a 90 degree angle, like a Aries squaring Capricorn, for example, which is where Pluto's at right now, it's going to be basically a 90 degree. And that's, so that's a little different than an opposite. And we've been talking about squares too. They're kind of like coming at a four-way stop. Are you going to go forward? Are you going to go right? You're going to go left. Either way you go, you have to stop and observe what are your choices? Is the road clear? Is thing, you know, which is, what's the best path for me to move forward? That's a square in an opposition. So don't be afraid of them. Okay. Like, please don't be afraid of them anymore or don't let them give you anxiety instead work with them. It will really help bring some fulfillment. Okay. <laughs> so let's talk about this full moon. So the moon goes into Aries on Friday, Friday, April 15th, and that will be at 26 degrees or I'm sorry, it goes to 26 degrees on Saturday, but the full moon, it actually peaks on April 16th. But what I want you to recognize is that the moon spends about two and a half days in every sign. So it will be in Libra by Friday night, which means that the moon that's rising on your Friday evening will be the full moon. By the time the moon rises on Saturday night is going to be in another sign. <laughs> that always cracks me up. I mean, I'm just like, if you want to get geeky about time and space, which you guys know I am, everybody here knows I am. The, the idea is, is that, you know, you want to be as precise as you can. So it's like the degree, knowing the degree changes your whole perspective on where it is in time and space. So for example, this moon happens at 26 degrees. That's late, you know, within like four, it's like two and a half hours about for every degree in a moon, in a moon cycle. And it's like that moon, by the time in the evening, Saturday night is going to be moving on to Scorpio. So anywho, let's talk about what Libra means, the Libra moon. So we've talked so much about Aries and how it's the will, it's the drive, it's the instinct, you know, and then Libra represents the seventh house in the chart, which is always talked about as the other or partnerships. It's that what's out, which is outside of the self, which often can be a reflection for the self oppositional energies. Very interesting. I actually relate to this. I refer to this axis as the axis of will and purpose because Libra is so purposeful. It's very intentional in a way where like instinctual versus intentional. That's the, the difference between the Aries and the Libra. And the Libras are so diplomatic. They are for justice. They're for freedom in a way where everyone is balanced. They're looking to keep the peace. They are definitely peacekeepers. And it's a planet, it's a sign that's ruled by 
the by Venus. So Venus and Taurus are both the plan, the signs that Venus rules. So it's kind of interesting. Venus energy, which has to do with values, beauty, aesthetic, possessions. In an, in the Libra, it's that outside reflection. It could be other other people's possessions, in a way. That's a little bit more eighth house, but. Regardless, the the option, the ideas of my perspective around that Libra quality is that it's very much a peacekeeper. It's very much a a balancer, and it's actually the scales, you know. So it comes into to, like Libra energy really comes into neutralize, and it's cool because when you put that polarity again with the instinct head first. It's like, okay, wait, I can't necessarily just dive in. There's a little bit more thought and purpose that has to go into my willpower. Boom. So again, it's like, we are now, as we hit this, as we peak this late degree Aries and Libra, it's like graduate through your purpose of your, of your own desire to to live. What are the things that are sparking that inner flame that want, that helps you to truly, to want to live and grow and be and express yourself in this life. You know, you want to really start to allow your, your soul shine, you know, your soul to shine. That's the vibe. And so that's, that's coming from that will again, that, that we've talked so much about in Aries. And then the Libra quality is looking to bring balance and neutrality and grace in a way where it's looking for the good for all it's looking for beautiful like venus the venus energy brings us a beauty this beautiful quality to it and i just have to say like libras are cool you know libra energy libra folk are beautiful they've got beautiful hearts they got beautiful faces you can just they they've they're just really really beautiful because they're coming with this love frequency and it's coming from this but what's really beautiful about a libra person is they're gonna reflect you to you so you think they're beautiful but they're also like a mirror for you that's the aries the self you know so it's like the self and the other will and purpose mm. so that's the, the, the archetypes of those of the Zodiac. Now let's layer the planets, our understanding of the planets to that. So if you think about with the Libra being in the moon sign, that quality is, is again, bringing moon is always intuition and emotions. It's intuition and emotions. The more that we can tune in, feel, find that rhythm in our emotional state and, and really learn, learn to communicate with it on a, like through our, really the moon also reminds me of the soul too. There's like soul, past life, future life energies in the moon. And so how can we start to really tune into our intuition through our emotions and the feedback that that gives us like almost like water the feedback that like the watery energy of the moon can give us. And then you bring it with this neutrality, this balancing, this grace, this, this harm, this peacekeeping, keeping diplomat that's reflecting love and willpower back to the self. I mean, so this is, this is like the, that's the Libra moon and the moon opposing the sun, you know, it's like, it kind of reminds me of what I've been saying. I keep saying it over and over every, like every day, everybody I'm working with, I'm teaching in the podcast and my life. I'm like, you guys, I just know this is true that if we can start to really 
if we can really start to tune in in this way, ground ourselves, open up that, you know, that frequency of love and let our resident frequency really start to pulsate and vibrate on earth in a, in a healthy and peaceful and loving way. Like we can do so much. And I feel like that's kind of what this, these lessons right now with this Neptune conjuncting the Jupiter that just teaching us the higher love, the higher caliber of, of like spiritual practice and expansion. It's just like all of this stuff is teaching us to just be more ourselves in a way where we can help be of service to humanity and the planet. I mean, it's be bigger than humanity, even in my heart of hearts. I believe it's, it's like galactic. That's how big it is. And it's like, I, I actually make it like, it feels like a super duper responsibility. You know, I take it, like I've said a few sessions ago is one of my highest priorities. And I take it more serious than I usually let on. But like, this is, this is the time we're living in unique times. You know, there are like, we've had experience, we've had transital angles that, you know, we've had tra astrological transits that haven't occurred in hundreds of years, thousands, you know, 500 years. I said this last week, it's just, it's astounding where we are in time and space. And so we have to, I'm, my, my purpose is to maximize it. I know that. So that's where my willpower is going. That's how I'm using this moon. Okay. And then what we have to what is also really cool. We have to talk about is that the moon, well, maybe it's not cool for some people, but the moon and the sun the opposites are actually making a square right now to Pluto in Capricorn at 28 degrees. So 26 degrees sun and moon in Aries and Libra, making a T square, a square to Pluto in Capricorn, 28 degrees. Now Pluto, in my mind, Pluto is the metamorphosis of the, of the butterfly. It is the ultimate soul changer. It will change your, your state of being in so many levels. And it really represents, like I, I talk about my, this person, the, this astrologer I studied for years, his name is Jeffrey Wolf Green. And he has this book called the evolutionary journey of the soul. And it's all about Pluto and I really love it when I layer the Pluto, my Pluto studies with the North node and South node studies. It's this, it gives this like soul map, so to speak. It's this place to really start to angle the soul's journey so that the soul can evolve. And it's very much this, like you, I've been saying this a lot too, this last week, it's like a lot of times if we're unhappy or if we're frustrated or if we're angry or if we're just feeling off center, it could be because we're not honoring our soul or our soul's purpose or our soul shine. It's as simple. I mean, it's hard and simple. And I, I guess that's kind of the thing is like the, the butterfly it, going through the process of being going through the cocoon or the chrysalis and coming out with the wings is, is a very intense process for that little being. And I talked about that too, but this is, so when I look at the Pluto, when I look at Pluto aspects and the chart, I'm like, Oh, transformation metamorphosis. And, you know, there has to be like a shedding and an, and a change, a true change in all the ways so that the soul can evolve. It's very much also in my mind, it represents like our soul's evolutionary journey, like I was talking about, but that has, that has to do a little bit with past life and into future life. 
from my belief system. I believe in, in these cycles that repeat. And so there's a lot we can learn if this is something you believe in, as far as like the incarnation, reincarnation, the idea that we trans, we trans, our spiritual consciousness actually is the thing that our soul that carries through our soul. It's our spirit, right? So the soul and the spirit are represented through Pluto and the nodes. So this means too, that with Capricorn, the structure, the foundation, the bones, the building, the form of our soul's evolutionary process is at 28 degrees. We are finishing, we are working towards finalizing a new foundation, which as you all know, got things have gotten shifted. They've shifted big time since, you know, maybe the last couple of years, uh, a really powerful transit happened in the beginning of January of 2020, which we'll talk about another time or maybe in a workshop. But the long story short is that we, it doesn't take astrology to know that the world has been changing and that we have been changing in our own lives. I know how different all my fam- friends and family are, and hopefully we're all changing for the better. I'm feeling grateful that the people in my life, it seems to be that we are all changing for the better. And I'm, I'm just so grateful. So that's a big prayer right now is like allow with this Pluto squaring this will, our willpower and our purpose. Let's see if we can't use that to really anchor in a new road, a new trail as towards like our, this new path that we're on this new foundation. I keep talking about like aiming for the brighter future. This is how we do it with ourselves. Now it's like the big picture of the Jupiter and, and Neptune are almost like our spiritual and our energetic consciousness. And this happens to be like the soul and the body and the mind and the willpower and like, watch me. And like, we look, we can see hope, like this is the goals. Like let's be that so that we can start to look around and see others being that as well. And again, it's like the more, like I have this thing, it's like, raise your vibration and then help other people raise theirs. I mean, this is what we got to do guys, like raise your vibe, hold that resonant frequency, resonant frequency, and then amplify, like amplify the space around you so that others can do the same for themselves. Like let's stop bringing each other down. It's time. Okay. That's the final finishing touches of the Aries (laughs) is rich. (laughs) Hmm. Okay. So (laughs) yeah. So, you know, we just lived, this is what I always love about these things too, is like, now we can say we, we just lived through the Jupiter Neptune conjunction that hasn't happened in since 1856 and over 160 some years. That's incredible, 166 to be exact. But the idea around being able to experience it and now have, like now you have an experience of that transit. So you can observe and make correlations around what your experience was. I talked to a dear friend who has had a really beautiful transit, like this, that conjunction happened on her North node. And I'm like, man, that's so magical. And it was trining my North. It was actually trining my South node and sextiling my North node. And it's this vibe of like, okay, so here we are doing the, like, I just can feel how 
if you looking at the degrees, if you're looking at the angles, you can start to maximize the experience. And it's really cool. It's like back to this Aries energy is like, I'm making, I've made this decision this season, this Aries season to just live it, you know, like, no, really my will is to live it, embody it for real to the fullest. Like, like the resonant frequency, if you actually look the word up, it's a fullness. It's where like the frequency comes to its fullness, completeness. It's like the hum of the universe, but it's the hum of you and the hum of me. We all have these, the, our own tune and, uh, it's really powerful. Like, I feel like that Neptune and Jupiter conjunction is really like making, like helping me feel myself on like such a beautiful or like a more rich level, like a beautiful, or <laughs> it's more of a, it's like, I just like feel more myself than I have in a really long time. And it feels good. And, um, I, thanks for, for all the love and support and just tuning in and giving me feedback on this thing. Cause this is part of it. I think this project this living in rhythm podcast um, but look in your life, look at your life over the last like couple months. Cause like, what's cool is, is we're going to feel that Jupiter phase off of Neptune and, and then it'll be gone and we won't have that experience again in this sign in our lifetime. And so have a reflection moment. Okay. <laughs> and then it, like I did last week, if you just, when I drop these degrees, like I was doing for the moon and the sun and that Pluto square, like look and see, do I have anything at 26 degrees at the Aries or Libra or Capricorn or cancer, you know, and look and see, do you have, if, if, you, if the transit might be influencing you a little bit more, if it does, that's how you can tell. Um, we all have, we're all under the same sky. Although some of us, the angles are hitting a little bit more according to our natal charts and, you know, all the other charts too. So, okay. The other thing I really wanted, I really wanted to talk about this week was, is that Uranus. So the planet Uranus has been in the sign of Taurus for a few years now. It is, um, Uranus represents the, it's, it's like the sign that rules Aquarius. And so to me, it's like a lightning bolt. It's energy. It's kind of like, just like a lightning bolt. You don't necessarily know where it's going to strike you know, or how necessarily. So that's kind of like, there's a spontaneity and a, and a true, true liberation in the Uranus quality. There's also a lot of like futuristic higher communication in the sign, in the planet, in the esoteric energies around the planet Uranus. And it's cool because if you actually even like Uranus is so abstract and unique that if you look at it, it's actually like, if you see pictures of it, according to NASA there, the planet is sideways and the, like the rings are actually going vertical through Uranus or Saturn. We see a horizontal ring, but in a, in Uranus, we see it going vertical and it just goes, it's, it does like, it kind of has a sideways, like I'm off the beaten path over here. Like I'm for freedom and I'm for, you know, uniqueness in the, I'm, I'm about the uniqueness in the collective is the way it looks, you know, it's like the abstract and the unique within the whole. And so it, however, it's in Taurus and the Taurus energy is, we talked about a little bit last week with that North node. 
the the Taurus is very sensor censored sensory not censored sensory it's very it's in the material it's like looking to have an experience through the sensory perceptions that's what I was talking about last week and so that effect of like freedom liberation uniqueness anything goes we're not sure what it goes is happening in the third dimension in the Taurus for in the Taurus realm of experience and in sensory perception so that's kind of ooh, that's already an intense one that it's been going on we've been living this one for a while but what's unique about this moment is that mercury is coming to join it so they'll be together in the sky and shortly after that the north node's creeping up and we'll talk about it but that's like that's super potent. And again, it's kind of like North Node's always like this way, this way, pointing us into the future. And that Uranus is like into the future. And then the Mercury is all about expression. It's like, it's communication, messaging, expression. It's also listening. And when I see, so I've talked about this as far as Venus being or Neptune being a higher octave of the planet Venus in all its representation. Well, Mercury and then, or so Uranus is the higher octave of Mercury. And so, and if you play music, that's kind of, that will make a lot of sense that like the, the, the next higher up, it would be like of that same tone or that same key note would be the, you know, so Mercury, Uranus is the next octave up from the, from Mercury. And so it's like communication on a really abstract level. And again, I keep feeling like this is all about us commute. Like, I feel like we need to listen more. Like when I keep hearing talking about communication, it has to do with our frequency. So like, if you get your, like you have, we have to recognize that just being, just being alive with a heartbeat and a pulse is communicating a frequency. And this is kind of the point is like, we're going, we're going into a space where it's kind of beyond words, where the sensory perception is starting to turn on, on another level. And if you're allowing yourself to make these changes, you're probably experiencing more and more intuitive and psychic abilities. You're, you're experiencing more of the clairvoyance or clairaudience or clairsentience, claircognizance. There's like, there's a, there's a clair or an intuitive like heightened intuitive capacity for each of the senses. And so we're listening, like I make this saying, like I, I studied rhetoric in college with, in my communication studies. And I, I love like playing with the abstract and the juxtaposition, but to really use your embodiment practice to listen with your heart, you know, like see with your touch or feel with your eyes, taste with your nose, you know, it's like, you want to just try to experience the way that the world, like, this is what Taurus is. Like, this is actually sun and Taurus. It's like, experience the world through your senses to the fullest capacity. And I feel like with that Mercury and Uranus there, it's going to be a lot of like, that's what you, if you can play with it in this way, it would be fantastic. There might be some like unexpected communication or a random phone call from a friend that you haven't talked to in, you know, in years, there could be some of that too. That's like, honestly, that's like level one. You want to embody like on a, on a next level, like into the future, here we go. Let's start communicating on that higher frequency, that higher, like hold the mercury frequency and then take the higher octave of the Uranus communication 
up to the next level. You with me? So like, let's start to communicate and observe and correlate through our sensory perception. And that's how we'll start to play with this Taurus energy. And we will definitely get more into that Taurus energy as it turns on next week. We really try to be present and feel this final, this final end of the Aries season as it peaks with a full moon. The moon will start to wane and we'll really feel that moon at that lunar energy calming down so that we can tune into the Uranus-Mercury conjunction and feel that Taurus coming online and guiding us in that direction. I think it's going to be really fun. So, yes, just uh, I'm so grateful, you know, I hope you're having fun as, as much as I am. I'm loving this. And I just, again, I'm so, so grateful. And I'm, I'm my big prayer for this week is to, for us to like get our resonant frequencies super tuned and anchored and starting to just amplify and pulse that our true vibration, our loving, holy, peaceful full full vibe let it shine let our soul shine like the stars that we are y'all okay so thanks again for tuning in if you want a reading hit up the website and actually the workshop is on the website now too i'm going to be having a pre-record workshop with a question and answer session and then some for those of you that tune into the workshop you can have the pre-record or you can have a discount on a reading if it's something that you want to get into a little bit more to customize through this eclipse season so yeah that that's the eclipse workshop that's coming up it's called the evolutionary pathways through the axis of love and power so check it out and uh yeah thanks again for tuning in much love y'all peace